Welcome to Sustainable 113. Welcome yourself to Sustainable 113, me cheeky little monkey.、Uh, we are your friendly little environment podcast, all about people and the planet. And why? Despite everything being curious <laughs> and depressing, we can still have a chuckle about it every now and then. Ain't we all? Yes, we are. And? And? What we got coming up this week then? Periods. Sorry, what? Periods. Oh God.、Um, yes, or as my girlfriend describes it, that time of month when I bleed from my vagina. You plonker. Yes.、Uh, <laughs> delicately put. Del-、uh, yes. Delicately concise. Yes, we are talking about all things environmental. Oh, uh, very nice, Dave. Not, Although well, not your own work, <laughs> not my own work. That is the work of Julia Minear, who is from the Women's Environment Network, and there's been an awful lot of stuff you may have seen, not least out of them,、uh, talking about the environmental implications of your time of the month, right, and what you can do about it. Now, we being chaps. We don't have times of the month. We're just miserable all the time.、Right? <laughs> so,、um, so gosh. So this has been a bit of a voyage of discovery in lots of ways.、Mm. Um, I've learned some things, and what's going to happen in this episode is Ol and Dave are going to get taken very patiently and kindly through the essentials and the rudimentaries by a very patient and kind woman who's going to explain to us about all of the things we need to know. Yes, we're going to try and fail、uh, to not be sort of sniggering schoolboys talking about a thing that we're not comfortable talking about. We try, we, we 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 try our best. Bear with us. Just the usual disclaimer before any of that: we do work for environmental charities, but these are very much our own views and the views of our guest Julia from the Women's Environment Network, who we're going to hear from in a second.、Um, so, if you've got any beef with anything that we say, take it up with me or him or Julia.、Uh, don't take it up with anyone for whom or whatever we work. Yes. <laughs> yes. Correct. Right. Let's get on with this. Blood, 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 blood. Lots and lots of blood. And a bit of pain. So, hello, Julia. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for coming to talk to us, pair of uniquely poorly qualified idiots, for talking about this thing. What、mm. we are here to talk to you about today, because we are talking. I don't even know. Should we say it's periods? Do we say periods? You can say periods.、Okay. Yeah, sure. You're allowed to say periods. <laughs> well, I don't、yes. know. You see, not because you I should t- say the word periods. So periods is fine. Yes. Fine. Okay. Good. We're talking about periods. Why are you nervous, Dave? You, you're <laughs> you're being nervous. I'm really nervous. I don't want to be an horrible bloke, right? So,、uh, what is in a nutshell? What we thought was really interesting was the idea of、um, plastic-free periods, which then got us thinking about well, plastic's not the only issue with sanitary products and that sort of thing. And we thought, what with being horrible men and generally. Not men of the world. It would be good to talk to someone who wasn't either of those things to explain to us about the issues and what's going on and what could be done about it. So,、uh, could you just like take us through from the from the start? What is what's the problem? What's the issue? What can be done? 
Yeah, so we've seen a huge degree of interest in in plastic-free products lately and looking at how we can reduce our plastic consumption because it's obviously having this huge impact on the planet, on our oceans and beaches. Um, one of the one of the kind of products that doesn't get talked about very very much is um, menstrual products. So um, things like pads and tampons, which actually contain can contain up to ninety percent plastic in the case of pads, um, which are used you know on a monthly basis, and um, the average kind of menstruator will throw away something like eleven thousand pads or tampons in their lifetime. Um, Eleven thousand. Yeah, it's a huge. It's a huge amount. It's about two hundred thousand uh, tons that we produce. Um, so is it's, that in the UK or, or? Yeah, in the UK. Yeah. Oh so it's it's a big issue, and I think one of the things for us as Women's Environmental Network is that there's really a lack of awareness about that issue, about what 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 is in our menstrual products. And also, um, what are the alternatives as well? So th- there are some fantastic alternatives available that are plastic-free. Um, and we really, we're trying to kind of raise awareness of those, those issues, really. I think another thing with, um, with pads and tampons is that they can also contain a lot of chemicals. So particularly in the production of those materials, um, things like wood pulp, um, people are using kind of pesticides in them. There might be added chemicals in the production process. And chemicals are even added um, to kind of make sort of disposable sanitary products kind of smell nicer or, you know, there's kind of scented tampons now. And they're really just kind of marketing devices. So we're kind of concerned about the amount of chemical exposure and the lack of information and transparency from kind of big companies and conglomerates who are kind of marketing these products. So so you touched on it a bit there, but... My sense is that with so many products that actually contain a lot of plastic, people don't know they contain a lot of plastic. And I think you said 90%, 90% of 90% of pads, pads, disposable pads, yeah. And do, do you get the sense that people know that there's any plastic in these things or is it is there a massive awareness problem? I don't think there's a huge amount of awareness. There's, we've also seen a lack of awareness around flushing uh, these products. So there was a survey done by a water company and they found that 50% of women or up to 50% were still kind of flushing these products down the toilet even though... Um, you know, it, it can cause blockages, and there's really a kind of a lack of, aware- of awareness about what you know what's in them, what to do with them, um, and also the, the lack of awareness about alternatives. It's really the whole the whole problem is is you know, not discussed, and and I think partly that's very much to do with the kind of taboo around periods. So, um, you know, people not wanting to talk about them or find them finding them embarrassing, and uh, you know, especially men. <laughs> Day. I'm not finding anything embarrassing. Blob on the rag. Liverpool are playing at home. Raspberry pavlova for dinner. Ketchup on your streaky bacon. Eating safe. So I was doing a bit of research, which means I was talking to my girlfriend about this yesterday. I learned a hell of a lot of things I did not know um, about all the different sorts of sanitary products that mm. there are. Um, I'm not going to explain to you what they are because that would be ridiculous. But could you maybe canter through some of the different sorts of options that are out there? And I guess like which of them is greener or doesn't it work like that yeah so so i suppose in in the, in the kind of education that we do we sort of generally talk about sort of disposables and reusables um although it's very much on a spectrum so there are kind of disposable products that are 
less harmful for the environment. Um, so things like sort of biodegradable pads, which don't contain those plastics and which are maybe produced organically. Um, so there's those kind of disposable pads. Then there's the kind of the disposables that contain all the plastics, um, which are, you know, um, have those kind of the, the way that it's been produced is maybe uh, using a lot of chemicals and pesticides um, in the cotton production. <laughs> So look, you've bought some things. You've got some different options uh, of types of menstrual product. I can yeah. see, um, and Ol is, is demonstrating. I wish you could. I wish you could see the look on Ol's face as he holds up a selection of items. So these sure. are all kind of plastic-free alternatives. So everything we're looking at is is a good green option. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. So Dave, what describe what I'm holding now? Uh, it's a egg cup. <laughs> uh, with what looks like a teat on the end of it. Yeah, all right. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, so this is... Uh, so we're not using a brand name. So, so it's that's a, a menstrual, menstrual cup. cup. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so that kind of does what it says on the tin, I suppose. Yeah, um, it's uh, made out of silicon and you essentially kind of fold it, fold it up, um, find your position, uh, insert, and it kind of pops open. When it's in far enough, it pops open and um, the blood is collected in there and you don't feel anything. It's actually, you can't feel anything at all. So. Oh, very good. And uh, then, um, unthreatening thing, isn't it? it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so you, uh, you empty it, wash it, sterilise it. Yeah, exactly. Use yeah. it again. Wash it out. Yeah, yeah. sterilise. Um, you can boil it and then you just reuse it and they can last for years. So Yeah. Cool. It's a pretty nice option. Very good. Okay, that one was easy. Um, it's a pair, right, it's a pair of pants. Ol is holding up a pair of drawers with what look like reinforcement in a few areas. <laughs> um, so it looks like yeah, sort of. it looks like half skimpy drawers around the edges, and then in the action areas, it looks like there's a, <laughs> in the what in the action areas. Like, it looks like there's a, a bit more um, going on. Bit right. more padding. Yeah, so these are, um, this is period underwear. So, you know, one of the, the newcomers to the market. And um, it's essentially designed so that it's washable and you can reuse it again and again and again. I think, and I think it lasts for several years. So you just put the entire pair of drawers? In, yeah, exactly, in the wash. So it's, yeah, super simple. That sounds brilliant. Yeah. Don't, not with your white shirts, though. Probably best to avoid white shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Okay, that's good. That's uh, that's, okay, newcomer. What's next, okay. Uh Now. Uh, do I want to unpop these? Yeah, probably do. This looks like... Oh, bigger than I thought they were, these things. This looks like uh, one of the things in the body form advert, um, which a woman in white jeans with a couple of small dogs and some rollerblades... <laughs> on the beach. Uh, on a beach. Might be... And an extremely active lifestyle. An extremely active lifestyle. And she looks very happy and nothing is bothering her. But this one is not made out of white clothy, st- white sort of plasticky stuff. It looks like it's made out of the same sort of thing that hippies make jumpers <laughs> out of. Um, kind of like... What was the uh, patterned, the cloth, the patterned cloth? Yeah, thing. I suppose they don't all have to be patterned, but that's an example of a washable uh, menstrual pad. <laughs> so it's made out of cloth. Uh, it could be kind of organic cotton or, you know, some people make their own. So we've we've had a few little menstrual pad making workshops at where if it's around sewing them. Um, not for everybody, but, but yeah, those are, they're good, they're washable. 
uh, we, we use them for years. And you can also make them whatever color. You can get different all types of different designs. And it's, yeah, the, you could do all sorts with those. Seriously. <laughs> wear, it, wear it as an eye patch. Yeah. <laughs> I really, Double up, yeah. I really want Maybe to say the phrase to my mum one day. Oh, sorry, I can't come around for dinner. I'm off to my menstrual pad making workshop. Yeah, I'm um, sure I said that, that before. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, final products, Dave. Right, very good. Are you excited? Uh, yes. Oh, is this two products? That's two, yeah. Okay, hang on, right. Uh, looks like the thing you get in a quality street uh, <laughs> that is the toffee, the long, thin toffee thing, <laughs> except it's not wrapped in plastic, it's bigger. Uh, it's about the size of a big chip, and it's covered in uh, paper, I guess? Yeah, sounds like paper. <laughs> can I open it? You can open it, yeah. Christmas. Let's, let's see if you're right. <laughs> is it the t- quality street? Is it a big toffee? <laughs> can, you, can you eat it? Uh, looks like a bit like a nuclear missile, but smaller. <laughs> and uh, white, yes. Um, that's a tampon, yes? That's a tampon, yeah. Good. So that's, um, it's an organic biodegradable tampon. Um, and I think that applicator is probably made out of cardboard. So. Yeah, it feels like a bit like sort of loo roll material. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. some applicators, another thing I learned, uh, are plastic, and that's yes. horrible, right? So this isn't. Exactly, that's not that's not plastic. So yeah, this is one of the big things that gets flushed down the loo is uh, plastic applicators. It's a big big issue. And is it as comfortable to use a cardboard one? Um, I believe so. I don't think there's a huge amount of difference between. Between them, there's also um, some recently. <laughs> this is, I really wish. I'm really tempted to take a video of all failing to reassemble I'm this to tampon. Back together. <laughs> Don't realise I got a bit distracted with it. Okay, uh, final thing. Uh, after eight mint, uh, but bigger. No, it's like you know when you go on a plane and you ask for a pillow, and they br- <laughs> they bring you over something that is about the size of this thing, uh, which is about the size of an after eight mint, but slightly bigger. Um, and uh, yes, what, what is this? It's a square. That so that's a, a menstrual pad, right? And it's a biodegradable organic menstrual pad, so it contains no plastic. Right, but it's smaller than the other one. Is that just because it's folded up? Um, it's just because it's fraudulent. You can right. open it if you like. You'll see Ooh, it. So God. the packaging as well is also biodegradable. Um, so, it yeah, a, like a huge amount of the plastic that's generated through, from disposable products is, is the packaging. Yeah. Oh, I see. That packaging feels like the bags that you put your compost in. That's it. That so what's, what's this bit made out of then, the, bit, the, 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 the absorby bit? Uh, I don't know exactly, but it will be... Um, it'll be compostable, and I think it's made out of cotton for wood pulp. Right. So, serious question. I, I, it was struck me, um, particularly when looking at the reusable ones, so the reusable pad or the, the knickers with stuff built in, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that, like, presumably this isn't actually that new. Like, how... Yeah. Presumably companies worked out, I don't know, 50 years ago, something like that, that they could make a lot of money by A, making disposable products and then B, telling everyone that it was unhygienic to use anything other than a disposable product. So it, are we sort of reinventing, having to reinvent the wheel here? Is it, or, or have I got that wrong? 
Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, people have been using cloth pads for centuries. And um, even the moon cup, I think, was invented in the 1930s. And wow. And only came to market, I think, in the 1980s commercially. Um, and then obviously has only taken off, you know, in a big, big way very recently. But yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, this is how they make money is, is by making us consume more. So it's very much in their interest to ensure that people are using as many products as possible and that they're not actually buying, you know, one product that's going to last them for 10 years. It's just not commercially kind of um, in their interest. So, yeah, absolutely. How many, I mean, you might probably don't have precise numbers, but r- roughly, so what percentage of women might be using some of these alternatives? So I guess, yeah, not not the classic, you know, the big brands that you see advertised um, always and all the rest of it, but like, who who is you? How many people are using moon cups and um, equivalents? Yeah, I think it's it's really hard to say. I don't have the figures to hand, but we know that um, products like uh, moon cups and biodegradable products like um, natural care have seen a huge increase just in the last couple of years. So this has really really taken off uh, very recently. And it's that, sorry, Dave. <laughs> Dave keeps leaning in to ask well, a question, and I'm like, this is really interesting. I've got Curiosity. far more questions than answers. <laughs> okay, as ever. Yeah. But do you, what do you put that down to? Is that the kind of blue planet effect, like a plastic driven thing, or is it more concerned with um, personal health um, or a combination or something else? Yeah, I think, I think a huge amount of it is to do with the awareness around plastics and about um, people being a bit more kind of consumer conscious about sort of products that they're buying wanting to buy ethically Um, I think another really interesting thing is about the kind of taboo around periods which um, you know there's been a lot of kind of there's been many groups and organizations that have been really pushing to to break that taboo Um, and we've seen a lot lately in the news about kind of period poverty um, and about um, the tampon tax, for example. Yeah. So, and, you know, some big kind of like period headlines in a way. And I think that that has maybe kind of helped open the conversation a little bit as well. So sort of people maybe opening that, you know, sort of talking about some of the products that they're using and maybe telling friends if they know about it, because that's one of the, the issues that we've really found is that even if people are using kind of reusable you know, menstrual cups, for example, because of that taboo and that kind of, you know, feels a bit uncomfortable talking about it. They're not necessarily telling their friends or like broadcasting this. Not, you know, if you, maybe you you find a really cool product, you know, you might tell, you know, 10 people that day at your workplace, but it's not the same with, with these kind of products, so. Right, I'll do you for that. you what? Come here. What are you going to do, bleed on me? I'm invincible. You're a loony. So what do we do about that taboo then? Do we need to do something about it in order to do... I mean, so is there something men need to do about it? Is there something that... Is it all up to women to start having conversations? What needs to be done about that? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a slow... It's a slow, so sort of slow progress. But I think that men could be doing more in terms of maybe educating themselves about periods. It's, you know... It does. I did that. I, did, I, I learned all sorts. <laughs> it's very much... <laughs> it's, uh, what... I'm just amazed that it took like having an interview about it to, for you to have that conversation with your girlfriend. Well, it's very sweet that you're learning about it, darling. I learned, I'll explain this to all, not to you, Julia. I learned <laughs> that it's all very well saying moon cups, but not everyone can use those moon cups. Yes. Like, I didn't know that. That's a thing I didn't know. 
Well done. Well, no, but, you know, yeah, okay. Because <laughs> I think a lot of people listening to this wouldn't know that sort of thing either. And like, No, you're, yeah. you're right, you're that's, right. I'm being unfair. That's yeah. the point, right? Is that's it. Exactly. And I think it's really much about people finding the right product for them. So, you know, you know, all kinds of different things, moon cups, whatever, it's not necessarily going to be right for every person, but there's different, you know, there's different options out there and you can mix and match as well. You don't have to be like a menstrual cup person or a, a washable sanitary towel person. You can be, um, you can mix it up and that's, that's kind of the part of the beauty about knowing what's available to you. As long as that blue liquid goes somewhere, I suppose it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so if anyone's not clear what Dave's referring to there, I presume you're referring to this extraordinary phenomenon, which you, certainly as growing up as like, uh, you know, a boy and a man, uh, I, I never even questioned. But all of the adverts are like, you know, first sanitary products, which are on adverts on telly all the time. Here is a little kind of lovely uh, sort of mainly transparent watery blue liquid yeah. that and it's like my god that's so weird <laughs> when you start to think it. about it yeah absolutely H- how's that kind of impacted your work that sort of I don't know what you'd call what would you how would you yeah. characterize that I, I think it's the sanitization maybe of of periods of menstrual blood I mean actually even even the kind of the word sanitary towels you know we're trying to kind of move away from some of that language because it suggests a kind of you know that there's something kind of dirty or unsanitary about periods where actually they're so natural um and even things like kind of feminine hygiene is another kind of term that is used a lot in the industry and also, you know, that suggests, again, this thing about hygiene. And it also, you know, how feminine do you have to be to use these products? You know, there are, if you're non-binary and trans, you know, you, you, you might still be using these products. You might still be menstruating. So, so yeah, there's a lot of, sort of problematic language there as well. And, and I think definitely that kind of sanitary, uh, yeah, that kind of, yeah, fear, I suppose, of, of the unknown, of, of blood. So in terms of what men can do, like, I mean, if, if I'm totally honest, I feel like there's nothing I can really say. Like if it, I, I certainly have seen people, like where I work, I've seen people talking about uh, like moon cups and, and other menstrual products. And I'm like, well, how do I engage in that conversation? I, I, I just don't really feel like it's my place, but I think it would be good if everyone was using less plastic-based things or disposable things. So, uh, oh, help, what do I do? Do I, do I get involved? Is there something useful I can do as a man? I d- no. <laughs> in general, in life, is there any point? I think you absolutely can get involved, and I think that does help break down the kind of the period taboo. So I think, you know, any environment that people feel more comfortable and able to talk about those kind of issues, I think is is really good and really important. Um, I think also, you know, although you say, you know, that you feel like this is not really your issue, but in some ways, like the, you know, the health and environmental impacts do affect everybody, um, particularly when we have chemicals that are being... um, you know, washed into the kind of water system, become part of our environment. So uh, I think there's, it's absolutely kind of an issue that everybody needs to be aware of. And everybody will have, you know, a, a partner or a sister or a mother or a friend uh, who menstruates and just creating that kind of environment for them um, where they feel kind of, 
you know comfortable to talk about those issues it really just it just helps a little bit to help normalize the issue and break down that taboo Um, what, I mean, do you, do you, as part of the campaign, do you engage with MPs and decision makers? Is that is that part of your audience, and and how has that received? It is, yeah. So um, just recently, the London Assembly have um, started a kind of um, investigation into the the environmental impacts of um, menstrual products and also of wash of uh, disposable nappies as well. So they um, they kind of did a consultation and they're about to release a report sometime this year looking at um, some of the you know potential solutions or recommendations that they can put to the London Mayor on this issue. Um, so yeah, there's there's some potentially interesting things coming up. You know, it's I think this this is quite a good time to be creative as well in thinking about solutions. So um, one thing that Wen did in the past was set up the Real Nappies for London, which was a... Oh, a, wow. I've, I've been in touch with Real Nappies for okay, London. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So that started at when, And um, yeah, I mean, the, the kind of the whole idea around Real Nappies for London is a kind of a voucher scheme to make it more affordable and accessible for people to access um, washable nappies, which are just cloth, cloth nappies. So, you, you know, potentially you could see something like that working around kind of reusable reusable menstrual products that maybe make it a bit more affordable and accessible to people um and you know that we've also sort of talking to kind of water companies as well because the issue of blockages is is a huge problem for them uh costs so is this like fatbergs and stuff fatbergs, is that what, yeah. yeah absolutely and fatbergs you know fatbergs will contain menstrual products as well because people are flushing them and you know there's a lot of wet wipes in there i was already um, not keen on fatbergs <laughs> <laughs> that's so gross <laughs> Um, so yeah, there's, I think in terms of government, yeah, some interesting things happening. They're starting to kind of pick up on the issue now, I think. So what are the, um, what are the limits of what we as women as empowered consumers can do, right? So there's different things you can buy and there's, you know, you can make your purchases more or less green, but is there, you know, that's the thing that we always hear on this podcast is that, you know, it's just down to the consumer's got to fix it. But what are people with, what are the companies got to do? And what are the people with power got to do about this to help? Yeah, so we'd really like to see manufacturers of disposable products actually drop plastics in their products. Um, we know that this is an, is an issue and we've, we think that they've got a moral duty to you know, not produce products that then are going to linger around in our environment for for centuries. Um, so we'd like to see them make a change. We'd also like to see them kind of make more space for um, better and more fair and balanced education in schools um, on kind of the full range of options that might be available to people. Um, and also we'd like them to really change how they're producing those products so it's not just about what's in them but it's also about how they're produced um so maybe you know switching to kind of organics and um so i think there's i think there's a lot of work to be done and i think they're starting to realize that there's they have competition and you know there's things are happening and they're going to have to innovate and change So uh, that's all brilliant. So if people who listen to this podcast uh, want to find out more about Women's Environment Network and your campaign, how can they do that? Yeah, so just for this month, we are crowdfunding 
to kind of launch this campaign and to make it as good as it can be. Um, if you'd like to find out about that, you can go to the Women's Environmental Network website, which is uh, when.org.uk, that's w-e-n.org.uk. Um, we are running a kind of week of action in October, so that's the 13th to the 20th of October, and the idea of that is to kind of make a bit of noise around periods and the environment. Um, so if, you, if you're at university, for example, um, you know, it'd be fantastic if you kind of wanted to run an event or kind of um, hold a period party or, you know, come up hmm. with some creative ideas. We'll be doing a lot of stuff on, um, in that week. I'm sorry, hold a what? <laughs> period party. I just made that up. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> That's not a thing that you're just so ignorant about. <laughs> um, and there's also, um, we also formed a coalition essentially as well of organisations and activists and people that really want to see um, reusable menstrual products and more sustainable alternatives like um, biodegradables in the mainstream. Um, so if you're interested in that, yeah, get in touch. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And um, yeah, absolutely support the crowdfunder. So we're trying to raise £10,000 um, by the, I think it's the 25th of June, something like that. Um, yeah, all the support, we, we need it all. And, um, and it's a very exciting time. So lovely to be part of it. And are you on the Twitter and all of those things? We are on the Twitter and the Instagram. <laughs> How do people find you on there? Um, I think we're when underscore UK on, on both of those. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us. Uh, Sorry it was us that you had to talk to, but uh, (laughs) yeah, really appreciate your time. Well, thank you so much. Ooh, crikey all. Crikey, Dave. I've learned enough, learned some things. You have done more learning in the last 24 hours than you might have done in the last 24 years. Are you proud of me? I'm very proud of you. I'm proud of myself. I've learned loads of things. Uh, And, yeah, isn't it good to talk about things that you spend most of your time going, talk about that? Yes, if it was not for sustainable, I would not have got to have stuck a sanitary pad to your face, which has been (laughs) one of the most fun things I've done for a very, very long time. So, thank you again to the magnificent and patient... Very patient. Very patient Julia Muneer from the Women's Environment Network. Uh, Just the crowdfunder that she mentioned is, if you want to go and give them dosh, is at crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash environmental campaign. Nice. Environmental campaign, all one word. Uh, And so, uh, if you want to get in touch with us and tell us what you thought of the show, we would love that. Thank you to our Babbel listeners that chipped in before this episode with some thoughts. Uh, You can email us at hello at sustainababble.fish. You can find us on Facebook, just search Sustainababble. Sustainababble. Or look for us on the Twitter at the Babbel Wagon. And please do leave us a review, a glowing one ideally, on your podcast medium of choice because it will help. And there is more than one crowdfunder in town. Obviously, go and support the Environ Menstrual Campaign. When you've done that, head over to www.patreon.com slash sustainababble. Uh, and if you are so minded, you can contribute to the ongoing financial viability of your favourite podcast or us. 
<laughs> Please do that. And thank you very much, as ever, to the people who are doing it already. Uh, we hugely appreciate it. There will be merch. We're we are inching closer. We are really inching closer. We've been in touch with more T-shirt people. Thank you to the valiant listeners who have been sending us details of T-shirt people to talk to. There will be merch, I promise. It don't, you know, in a sort of Donald Trump kind of promise, yes. you know. It's what we intend to do. Right, uh, so, very good. Oh, I shall be back next week. Done about you. Will you be here at all? Uh, well, I think so. Why? What, do you, what have you heard? <laughs> nothing, nothing. You know, just... God, that's yourself. menacing. Just watch yourself. Yes, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be staying here. I'm not going to sleep between now and then in case somebody comes along to knock me off. I'll be back next week. Thank you as ever. We haven't said it yet. To the magnificent Dickie Moore for the music that starts, ends and intertwinkles this podcast. And of course, to Arthur Stovall, who has designed all the lovely artwork that's on our logo um, and will be on our merch. Right. Uh, I'm off. I'm off to uh, tell my girlfriend everything that I've learned. Interesting. I thought you were going to do a high-risk period-based pun there. <laughs> no, 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 I've decided it's not the right time. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Bye! Bye! Dave, you do know what a tampon is, don't you? <laughs>